0: Uh, Hello, welcome to HR Sessions uh, with Holly Reeser and Sydney Evans. Today we have um, a really special guest, my coworker, Asa McCormick. (laughs) He um, is a talent partner here um, at Performance Health. And um, we have a couple questions for you today. So thanks for joining us, Asa.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Um, So... Asa and I, I mean, I started back in January, so we've been working together for um, almost a year now, which is crazy, but um, you've been here two years, right, Asa?
1: Yes, right at two years, so it, um, I don't know, it's been a long two years, I joke and sometimes say it feels like 10 years, but all in a good way, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, everything that I know here in this job is from Asa, so (laughs) um, we're excited to have him, but um, no, go ahead and tell us um, about your HR journey and kind of. How you got here to performance health because I know you graduated a couple years ahead of us so kind of tell us your experience before this.
1: Sure no and um, the journey here is absolutely a little different um, probably than a lot of people so um, in undergrad I studied public relations um, so Mm -hmm. my uh, major was tied a lot to you know strategic communications, marketing, Um, there were some business Mm -hmm. courses tied in Um, But I actually, um, during undergrad at Ball State, had no um, formal HR classes, HR training. So really, it was something, I guess, that I had not um, been opened up to, right? It is not a career path that um, somebody had explained to me and shown me. Um, But about four years ago now, I think, uh, sounds crazy to say that, but about four years ago, Mm -hmm. I had a uh, friend Um, so I'd finished school. I was kind of in between, um, but a friend who started, uh, working at a staffing company, uh, doing Mm -hmm. recruiting and a few other things. Um, so she had me stop by just to meet their team and find out what they're doing. Um, and that's actually the start of the domino effect, I guess that, uh, left me here. So, um, Mm -hmm. again, like four years ago, started, um, working in staffing, um, high volume recruiting. So we're working on positions that, um, distribution centers, warehouses, call centers, um, all kinds of you know, different facilities, I guess, across the central Indiana market. Um, so I did that for about two years. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I enjoyed my time there. It was a lot of uh, fast-paced work, um, but I wanted to leave the agency setting and kind of get more on the um, corporate route, which led me to performance mm-hmm. health. Um, so two years in staffing and then about two years here um, led me to where we're at today.
2: Awesome. thanks for taking us through that. Um, I know Holly already knows all this stuff probably, but (laughs) it's interesting for me and the the rest of the listeners, you know, to learn more about your journey. Um, And I was curious, you know, have you seen kind of what you did at the staffing agency and what you learned there? Have you seen that translate to your current job? Um, Are things like fast paced is there as well? Um, What kind of similarities do you see?
1: Yes. And so um, I'll probably mention this a few times on the call today. And I mean, this is not... um, these aren't my words. I've heard them before, but mm-hmm. you know, to me, um, staffing—you talk about you know high volume, fast pace, um, a lot of turnover—but truly, mm-hmm. it was um, recruiter boot camp, um, is what I would call it. So, you know, as somebody like me who had no formal um, HR training or experience, um, to go into a role like that, um, you know, really opened up your um, opened up so many different doors, and from employee relations to recruiting and learning new tactics in difficult and challenging markets. Um, staffing is mm-hmm. a challenge, but I, I promise that two years, um, that's another one that felt like 20 years, but the experience, you know, learned from that, um, really is helps me so much in my day to day. I mean, it was such a great foundation to really start a, a career in HR.
2: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I literally did talent sourcing, like Like, I was a contractor for someone, um, like a friend, and I did it for a week, and after that, I never did it again, so um, you are inspiring.
1: (laughs) It's, I mean, and that's just the thing, like, there are um, so many times where, I mean, it's just like, okay, like, this is impossible, I'm done, but I mean, it is, um, no, I'm with you. It's funny you've seen it, too, so you felt it. Yes,
2: (laughs) it's a lot. (laughs)
0: Well, Asa, to your point of um, you know not graduating with an HR degree necessarily, but ending up in HR um, for students who uh, either or you know have an HR degree or not, would you recommend them kind of starting on the um, the staffing agency side to kind of open up those avenues, or um, what would you kind of uh, suggest new grads to search for?
1: So I'll tell you that. Um... I'll answer this in two ways. So for somebody um, like me who actually did not have um, the formal HR experiences, um, the internships um, prior to, I guess, learning about this career path, I think staffing is an avenue that will open up that door um, quicker for a lot of people. So, I mean, just to put this in perspective, you know, just in central Indiana, there are probably... Two to three dozen staffing firms, you know, each that are going to have ten to thirty entry-level recruiters. So you talk about a path that is um, more open, I guess, to have more candidates joining each year. Um, staffing is really a um, door, I guess, that is open more often than not, right? So there's typically opportunities mm-hmm. for a new grad or for somebody with no experience, right? You could find somebody that's um, worked in retail; they worked in um, other customer service functions, you know, that may do well in that industry. So. For somebody who has no experience, but they know that they need to have that training and experience, absolutely a great path to go. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Holly, I guess I'm in um, Sydney, you probably have the same thing. So um, like for you two, having the experience prior to joining, I think you guys had, you gained a lot of experience through internships that, um, you know, maybe I gained in my first year of staffing. So for mm-hmm. an HR grad, they may find other opportunities that aren't staffing, you know, for that first one to two years. But um, again, if, even if they know that recruiting is a path that they wish to take, Um, I would highly recommend it even to an HR grad to take one to two years to try it out um, just to learn again that foundation.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah I think it's a great avenue and I mean I see like you said so many of those positions being open and I feel I feel like sometimes like staffing agencies have like a bad reputation like Holly I don't know if you found in like classes or whatever they'd be like you know that's not HR and it's like "Eh, whatever like I think it's teaching a lot of the same skills so Did you Mm -hmm. see that at all, Holly?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even know if it was something that was taught in class or just what I heard from, like, my sister or her friends who already had jobs Mm -hmm. at that point. But, um, like, to me, staffing agencies was like, no, I don't want to do that right off the bat. It's not Mm going to give me the experience that I want. But obviously, that is uh, not the case. So, (laughs) um, no, I'm with you. I did hear that, too.
1: (laughs) Well, just to add really quick, a thought on that, um, Mm -hmm. there are... um, just in staffing, I I have to tell you too, so I did um, what I would consider, I mean, it's not an attractive version of staffing, right? So you talk about um, distribution centers, call centers, again, where you're filling dozens, if not hundreds of positions per month. Um, I do have friends that actually, interestingly enough, have been in healthcare staffing over the last two years. Um, So Mm -hmm. especially during COVID, right, we have um, friends that are working to staff RNs. So I mean, I know that you hear about travel nursing, that's been a really popular thing. But um, mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, you know, that's a staffing agency. These are new HR professionals that are working um, and gaining some amazing experience right now, especially during COVID. So there are some actually cooler industries in staffing. So I'm not a living example of that. But definitely, um, if you are <laughs> looking, look into healthcare, look into um, events, you know, in downtown Indianapolis, you know, other event centers that may have to staff up and ramp up. There are um, a lot of cool angles that you can kind of look at in there.
2: Fantastic. Um, one other question I had kind of with your career path and everything. Um, I was just curious if, um, you know, your next role, whenever that may be, are you wanting to continue down kind of the recruiting, you know, talent partner path, or do you think you'd maybe go into a more generalist route or what are you kind of thinking with that?
1: You know, I think I still, um, even after all this time have, um, so much to learn. I mean, in terms of, uh, holistically with recruiting. So I know, um, At least for the next few years, I think the talent partner route and working with um, various parts of the organization on recruiting efforts, um, I do see myself staying there. Um, But one door um, that is really opened up through recruiting is the side that is employee relations. So um, I have had an opportunity due to departures and other leaves of absences where I've covered um, quite a bit of generalist duties and throughout that um, timing employee relations is where I always fall back. So, you know, finding that success and what makes somebody happy um, and how do we, you know, build that culture in a team. So I think five years, next five years probably we'll stay in recruiting, but I definitely hope in five years after that to get into uh, work that's more tied into employee success and employee relations.
0: Hmm. No, we definitely saw that this summer, didn't we?
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Asa, Asa kind of wore a ton of hats, um, over the course of the time that I've been here. So, um, like I said, Holly everything I know is because of him.
1: <laughs> Holly and I became an HR team of four um, with 250 <laughs> employees. We became a team of four um, into a team of two, um, and we held that down for about a <laughs> four yeah. month period. So, there's a lot of learning to happen in that too, right? Um, so that's yeah. awesome.
0: Absolutely. No, that, that's awesome. But um, kind of getting more into um, recruiting. So I know there's a lot of stuff going on. There's uh, staffing shortages, there's COVID, there's plenty of other things um, going on. But l- despite everything, uh, what is the biggest challenge in recruiting overall?
1: Okay, so I will tell you that my biggest challenge in recruiting is more of a personal problem. So somebody may not have the same problem, but um, I'll mm-hmm. tell you, and you know, again, I've read other writers to say this. I've read, seen the TikTok. So these are not, I guess, (laughs) exclusively my thoughts. But, you know, as a recruiter, um, when I find somebody, right? So we have leached out on LinkedIn. We have reached out through whatever method. You know, at Mm -hmm. that point, I've looked at your qualifications. I've seen that I think you could, um, based on experience, be a good fit for the organization. So from the moment that we first interact, I'm always rooting for the candidates, right? So even if there are five for the same position, I'm always rooting for each one of them. So my largest challenge truly comes down to, as we work through the hiring process and candidates are not selected, delivering uh, that communication, it is an extreme challenge. Um, and it's something that I have spent four years trying to overcome. Um, it's something I take personally. You know, it's hard giving feedback and letting somebody know that despite their best efforts, despite making it through four rounds of interviews, you know, they weren't selected. Um, and I think as a candidate, and you two can probably attest to this too, but after you hit a certain point in the interview process, you know, the company owes you a not an explanation but they owe you to talk to you on the phone right and at least explain that they're not moving forward um in most cases uh companies will send that rejection email even if you've came and seen them 10 times or uh, you won't hear anything at all um Mm -hmm. so i won't do that as a recruiter i will still reach out and i will have the conversation um it's extremely challenging i've done it dozens of times especially in this job as it's moved more towards the recruiting or corporate route Um, And it's not easier. So it's still a big challenge, but delivering rejections and letting somebody know, I guess, that they're not going to continue in that hiring process to the final um, end result. uh, That's my biggest challenge. So I hope that answered the question. It's probably a um, different way of uh, thinking with it. but
2: Mm -hmm. No, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Um, We have like a recruiter on our team and she'll talk about like, you know, I have four phone calls today where I have to reject people. And I'm like, that must be just exhausting. Like, right. I couldn't even imagine.
1: No, and I mean, again, and it goes back to, um, you know, as a candidate. So when you do get those rejection emails, um, I'm somebody gathered on this phone call, I take things personally. So, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you're hurt, you're offended, um, but don't ever think that that HR team or that recruiting team wasn't behind the scenes rooting for you the whole way. So it's hard mm-hmm. for us to deliver that news. It is hard for you as a candidate to get that news, but um, it's just a challenge, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, we'll see how that kind of progresses. I mean, as we continue to move forward, but um, it's unique. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And I I was wondering, what's your opinion on like, you know, let's say someone just goes through like a phone screen with you or, you know, something like that and they don't make it to the next round. Do you still give them that phone call or do you just email them at that point?
1: So what I would say on that one, and I actually was thinking about this when I um, was answering that, actually. So. And you guys tell me, because I know you may um, have an answer to this, too. I really feel that the phone call, especially, you know, there may be times where you're just um, and I keep saying the word foundation, but you're really explaining the company culture. You're finding out what they're looking for um, due to the volume of candidates that we have to hit on that first round. It is somewhat common to send emails. Right. Um, but as they've met with the hiring manager, they've met with that department or division manager, and they've continued to be pulled through that process, um, that's when I would reach out. So if it's just something where I've solely contacted them, um, I probably still would move forward with an email. But if they've spent any amount of time, right, with a manager going along the process, I think at that point, we owe them a phone call to um, keep them updated. What do you think? Is that kind of in line?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what we do. Um, Just because, you know, that first phone screen, I mean, like, you know, 30 minutes, whatever, you're not really having that relationship that you get after going through you know three interviews so um exactly yeah i was just curious because we were kind of going through like yeah at what point is it email point is it phone call so i'm glad to see we're aligned on that yep oh yes (laughs) awesome more um recruiting questions um as someone again that has only been a recruiter for like a week um (laughs) i would love to hear more about just kind of what does your day-to-day look like um you know, the time management of it, just just how do, you, how do you do your job every day, basically?
1: Yeah, so if I have learned um, anything in my four years is that um, this job will never provide a structure, right? So no two days will ever look the same. Um, I, it's shocking. I mean, you would think as a recruiter, you could schedule your phone calls, you could schedule your uh, meetings with managers, and that things could kind of uh, simply uh, flow together. Uh, But if I've learned anything, it's that every 20 minutes, something is going to be changing. Uh, You're constantly going to be moving Mm -hmm. and running around. Um, So I found, um, you know, somebody who has time management skills, it's going to be a critical function of being a recruiter. Uh, You will be constantly taking a burning hot project and throwing it to the back burner because seven more things have come to the front of the, um, you know, front of your attention that you have to work on. Uh, so again no two days are ever the same but just exercising time management keeping notes you know keep that to-do list and even on the days where it is 18 pages long you at least know what you're doing and you can at least cross things off as you complete them but um, there are times where it becomes overwhelming right Um, we have 40 hours or 50 hours in a given week to uh, get work done but you may have 100 open positions and you may have 35 open requisitions so it's a struggle. I mean, there are times where just managing all of that, managing um, openings in fifty different states with fifty different hiring managers, um, it becomes overwhelming. But you know, through proper time management, staying structured with your calendar, um, and I have to be honest, uh, this is where I look up to Holly. So Holly is a OneNote expert. She is um, very, very efficient and thorough with how she keeps her notes and keeps her self straight. So I have to take tactics from other people, right? And so every day I'm learning new challenges and tricks. Um, from different recruiters on how I can just keep the workload uh, more streamlined to keep everything uh, flowing. Mm -hmm. But I have never, and I don't mean this to be like dramatic, but, you know, (laughs) never really will there be a calm period, right? It seems that even um, holiday weeks and everything in between, uh, there's always open positions and there's always going to be a uh, part of the organization that's growing and uh, working somebody through the hiring process. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, being here and seeing uh, Asa's day-to-day, I can tell you it is crazy. <laughs> he, uh, he'll be on the call right after the call. 20 people are online asking him for stuff. So the time management is huge. So, yeah, to, to all those points, I mean, I see a day-to-day. It, it is insane. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, speaking to some of those qualities, actually, that you were mentioning. So the organization, the time management, um, keeping good notes, all of that stuff. Um, would you add to the list of qualities, um, that you would kind of recommend for new grads when searching for jobs? So like, what are some of the things that stick out from a company's perspective, um, that would have them reach out to the candidate, I guess, like what things would stick out from you, um, and your recruiting perspective?
1: No, absolutely. So if you were a new grad um, and you're really trying to um, look at the skills that would be important to that entry level role, I think as a recruiter, I'm looking for somebody, um, again, maybe they have no formal experience with HR, but they've worked in areas, um, communications, event planning, marketing. Um, There are so many different clubs and organizations, you know, the students are involved in along the way where um, they're helping with marketing efforts, they're working um, and they're learning through maybe a PR program, you know, kind of like myself. Um, There are so many different skills that play into being a recruiter um, that really, even if there was a, I guess, bachelor's degree in recruiting, it wouldn't do any good because you have to have these different experiences in life to really learn everything you need to know about recruiting. So I think holistically, somebody who understands marketing, they understand communications, public relations, um, and they either study that or they're involved in, again, organizations or clubs, they will find success with entry-level recruiting roles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Holly, I mean, we obviously, we both know somebody who, um, again, a, a marketing grad who um, has found success in an entry level, like recruiting coordinator role. So I think um, there's a lot of different fields that you can study as an undergrad to find an entry level recruiting role. So um, never think that you aren't qualified, right? I think anything that you've studied and all of your experiences in life could play into uh, making you a successful recruiter.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like people always are like, I need to have, like, you know, recruiting internships and just very specific stuff. But, I feel like employers are just looking for, you know, just kind of those overall skills and um, just kind of willingness to learn, I feel like can be um, a deciding factor as well. Um, So, yeah. And even with just general HR too, I feel like there's so many different um, experiences that can fall under that, even if it's not a specific HR internship or anything.
1: Exactly. And, you know, one thing too, um, I don't feel like there's a lot of, you know, internships for recruiting. So, I mean, that's kind of unfortunate. I don't know. Um, I think companies all need to do more of a part because, you know, as a student, I can tell you if I would have had the opportunity to come in and be a recruiting intern and seen just how cool that job is, right? And all the different things they were doing, it could have sparked my interest quicker. So if you do, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're looking for an internship, even if you want to go into HR, take that recruiting internship for a summer to learn the skills that um, recruiters have. Um, Because kind of sitting to your point, I mean, it's going to help your career regardless of whether you stay in TA or go towards HR.
2: Mm -hmm. For sure. Awesome. Okay, I see. I got our last question here and then um, we'll wrap it up. Um, But I would just love to hear maybe just overall, um, just what's a way to get like a company to notice you? It can be, you know, maybe before um, reaching out to someone or just like, you know, you know, during the interview, just any, any tips that would kind of help out someone applying.
1: Absolutely. And, um, you know, my best success has been through honestly some rather uh, basic methods. Uh, so, you know, if you're a student um, and the career fairs are coming up um, and you're paying close attention to a company, go to those events, you know, shake hands and get to meet them and give your um, you know, elevator speech to anytime that you get a chance um, to see a company mm-hmm. representative that's coming uh, to your location. Um, But overall, um, what I found success in is really um, connecting with people on LinkedIn, right? So ideally you've met Mm -hmm. them prior to, or they were at a conference you attended, um, but just sending a note, you know, Hey, I'm a student and I noticed that you're working on this, this and this, and I'd like to just talk for 30 minutes. Um, Sydney and Holly, I know you guys both see this quite a bit, but you'd be shocked at how many professionals are willing to just stand up and speak to you for 30 minutes and explain what their company does. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that can make a huge difference to getting a company to know you. um, Because again, uh, not my saying, but it's not what you know, it's who you know. So the more hands that you can shake during undergrad, the more LinkedIn connections you can send out, that's how you're going to get a company to notice you. Because that person you met is going to take your resume to the top, they're going to take it to the director of talent acquisition or the director of that internship program and say, here's somebody I've met, and they are a fantastic student that's working on all of these different things. So Mm-hmm. every person you can meet along the way, connect with them, stay in touch because one person will take your resume right where it needs to go. Um, and the success will follow from there.
0: No, that's, that's great. Cause I just remember being in, um, you know, that perspective of a college student, like, okay, I'm going to apply on LinkedIn and maybe the company website, but really how are they going to see my resume out of <laughs> thousands? Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think that's great, but Asa, seriously, thank you so much um, I know we just talked about how crazy your day is and you took the time to talk on our podcast. So it's, <laughs> it's greatly appreciated. Um, love working with you. Um, and just want to ask uh, as we wrap up, what is the best way for people to connect? Oh, with me? Uh huh.
1: LinkedIn, LinkedIn, send me a connection. Uh, we can stay in touch. <laughs> um, and then um, I can share with you too. I mean, recruiters um, that I know in multiple different industries too. So I can connect you with other um, people. Um, that are working in different segments of the industry as well. So yeah, definitely send me a LinkedIn connection.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
2: Thanks, Asa. Well, thank you so
0: (laughs) much, Asa. We greatly appreciate it.
1: Yes, thank you guys for everything (laughs) you do. I'll talk to you soon.